Welcome, friends. Lost Garf here, and it's time for basically a podcast with Jagaris. Hello. Yay. And so she's returned once again because we're still working on like format and getting everything, just getting it all together and making it work out. And so I just want to ask like a question at the start every time for whoever we have. And this time, since it's the second time, it would be, what is a tip you would give yourself uh, when you were at the beginning of this whole thing from where you are now? Oh, wow. I, that's a tough one because it's been, it's been years. I feel like I've learned so much, but it's like difficult to pinpoint one thing. I guess, oh man, if I could go back on time and like get on Twitch, like... A year or two earlier that would be yeah. my advice <laughs> that's terrible advice go back in time and start earlier no <laughs> i think i think just like maybe just stick with it because it's like really fun and i feel like you don't realize how much you improve and i think also i would say like don't let internet people get to me as much as i did at the start because i think when i first started i was much more susceptible to unkindness than i am now i think now i'm, I'm i've definitely got a thicker skin than I once had, which is good. Yeah, that's what I'll go with. That's what I'll go with. Like, just just toughen up. <laughs> that's terrible advice. I, I, I think it's, <laughs> it's one of these things where it's like, if I was advising other people, it's like, maybe if, if you're more sensitive, just be aware that, like, people can be mean, I guess. Because, like, I think, I think with uh, content creation, you have to have a tough skin. Like... You know, and I think that more people are kind than unkind. I kind of realized this. I was thinking about this yesterday. More people are kind than unkind. But I think often people let that one unkind person get to them more than, say, the 10, 20, 30 positive people. And you're like, there's like maybe swathes of people being like, you know, you're, you've made my day. Like, I really enjoy watching your content. And then that one person who's like, you know, you're a terrible person. And, and you, you focus on that. And it's like... Ultimately, but then I had this realization that like there's one person who's unkind, loads of people who are kind, and then millions of people across the world who you have no impact on. So you know, it's all good. It's all good. Just don't don't dwell on the bad. That's what I'll say. Not that's not a bad one. Like building on that is. I remember last time we did talk about like you play so well for a girl. You play so well. <laughs> like different comments that can do different things. Like there was uh, that indie movie, I can't remember what it's called right now, but that had Phil Fish in it. It was like just hundreds, maybe a thousand people saying these nice things, and then the one bad one is what flips you out. Yeah, uh, yeah, I've seen, I think I've seen that movie, the documentary about... Uh, yeah. I think it's true, I think it's true. I think, like, you're always gonna get negative people, which is, it's, it's, I, I don't like that as a conclusion. I don't like the, you know, it's just how it's gonna be. I think it's important to you know, do what we can to negate negativity. So for example, if you see people being negative, like I think it's I think it's personally important to call them out if someone's being negative to someone else, for example. Um that's important. And uh with the situation yesterday where I was thinking about it, actually, you know, other people were like, dude, like what is wrong with you? Why are you why are you being so like rude and unkind? And like that that's I think something that we should see because I think if people just tolerate these things and just let it go, it does become standard and it does become normal. And that's where you have maybe an issue. Saying that, I think, I think, like I said, generally most people are kind. I think that's what I've also learned from, from content creation is I think more people are kind than unkind. That's true. There usually is more positive comments than negative. Unless you're doing controversial, then you always get a lot of probably more. I don't know if you get more negative, but you get a lot of negative. 
And it's interesting because there's always been this... Because with forums and everything, you have to have thick skin anything online. And there's always been the justification of, well, there's always going to be some sort of jerk out there, so you just have to build a thick skin. And it's okay for these people to be jerks because, well, you you should have a thick skin anyway and stuff like that. And I always wondered... Is it really truly necessary that we have to have thick skins? Couldn't we all just be better freaking people at the end of the day? I think that's true, but I think for as long as people have anonymity on the internet, which is not something I think you should get rid of. I don't think, you know, everyone's account should be tied to who they actually are. But as long as you have anonymity, which has a lot of positives attached to it, but you're going to be getting those people who use it as an excuse to attack people, and usually the way I look at it is it's because, like, they're unhappy in themselves. Like, a lot of the time, I think it comes down to, you know, envy and unhappiness in their own life or jealousy of other people's success. And because of that, they lash out. Because if they're unhappy, like, why should, you know, why should you be happy, I guess, is is the way I, I think about how they work. And then, ultimately, when people are unkind, I generally feel sorry for them rather than hurt. Because I'm like, you know, it's 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 a shame that... Your life is at the stage where this is how you need to be or behave. I get you. I've started to get to that mindset myself where I just, I'm not letting it piss me off anymore. I'm just, where are you that lashing out is the thing for you to do? Like, I've gotten to that point and just, it's unfortunate that there's a lot of it. And it's, it, it's really just too bad. And the thing is, they're only creating more problems for themselves is what I've realized. And if I lash out at them with them lashing out at me, it's just going to get me involved in their bullcrap. But also, now I feel terrible if I let let that whole that whatever they've been doing lashing out at me affect me. Yeah. If I don't let it affect me, then I my day doesn't get worse, which yeah. is a nice thing. I also feel like you know arguing on online social media, like on YouTube or on Twitter or in Twitch chat or even on Facebook. Like I was basically just scrolling through my Facebook feed and I saw this um, post, and it was about. Uh, a lady who'd gone to a, a comic convention, basically Comic Con, and she was she was a white person, but she dressed up as a Klingon, uh, Whoopi Goldberg's character, and had darkened her skin. And then there was this argument about whether that was appropriate. And I don't want to get into that, like the appropriateness <laughs> of that. But just reading yeah. the comments, there was just so much like mud flinging and stuff. And I'm just like going through it, and I was like, I don't understand how these people think they're going to change another stranger's opinions on a Facebook post in the comment section. And like, there was just loads of kind of back and forth and a lot of vitriol uh, based around different people's opinions on this matter. And I think like, sometimes it's, it's amusing. I find it sometimes amusing or interesting to read. Like it, it's, it's kind of interesting to see what people think, but at the same time, I don't understand why they're getting so heated or emotional about these sort of things. I think it, well, I don't think that they shouldn't have a heated or emotional reaction to controversial issues i'm not saying like your reaction is wrong i'm saying that you're probably not going to change the other person's opinion in the facebook comments and i think a lot of meaning gets lost in you know these kind of comments like i think if you're having a debate you're better to kind of sit down and talk to someone not necessarily face to face but like you sit down and talk to someone and and have a discussion rather than written comments because they can also be often be misconstrued and i think this is like one of the situations you're saying with controversial topics where where harassment can come out because I think people get frustrated that other people aren't seeing their point of view. Um, but I think often it's not that they're like, people aren't, they don't want to see your point of view. They just want to, you know, make 
their opinion known. So it's 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 not maybe necessarily targeted towards you or about you per se, so much as that person also wants to get their voice out there, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think it makes sense. It's I think it's I just came up with it right now is um the difference between talking with someone and talking at someone. I think that's really what it is. And there's a lot of comments where they're just talking at someone, just saying what they want to say. Yeah. And it's not really they they don't really actually care about the response. Unless it's a trope, but they don't actually care about what you have to say back. Yeah. They're just making you know what they feel. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same with negative comments. Like, that's exactly the same kind of situation where instead of just it being a debate, this is them just, they want you to know that they don't like you, I guess. Yeah, I I agree. That's pretty much what it is. And it's really, both parties have to be open to conversation for real change to happen. It was just someone talking at someone. There's no real, it's, it's just going forward, no back and forth. Which I feel like it's just more common people talking at each other than talking with each other these days. At least on the internet. Yep. Though considering politics in the US, it's not as great right now either. So Very extreme. If you get a negative comment, what do you think you should do if that person is probably talking at you? Do you think you should remove it? Do you think you should reply to it? Like, do you just leave it? What, how, what is your reaction in those kind of situations? For me, it's the severity of it, really. Like, if it's just outright very rude or just vulgar it gets removed of course um if it's just they didn't like it then it's more figuring out why they didn't like it and stuff like that now if it's just haha you suck is like well that's a waste of a comment i might remove it anyway because like well that's just a waste of anyone's time to read that yeah i can see that i think like i'm trying to think how i want to say this i think that with negative comments like it again you say it depends i think that's true as well i think um Sometimes I feel like, you know, if it's on a public platform, I prefer to, I like, I like having the option to defend myself, if that makes sense. So if someone's criticizing me in a certain way, then I'll, I'll reply basically saying why I disagree. But if it, I wouldn't, I don't think I'll let it descend into an argument, if that makes sense. Like I'll defend myself. I'll make a, you know, a statement saying, you know, this is why I think like I disagree with what you're saying. Um, but ultimately, uh, it doesn't matter but so for example it was quite funny i i uh uploaded a video on the same day that a bigger went content creator uploaded a video on the same topic uh <laughs> but it was actually really funny because my video went up maybe like four or five hours before his did yet i got okay. comments accusing me of copying him basically it was like a tier list for you know legendary cards and i said you know these are the ones i think are good and he did his and he said these are the ones he thinks are good and there happened to be like overlap so the people were like, oh, it's kind of, it's interesting that, you know, you've uploaded a video on the same day as, as this other guy's uploaded a video and you're covering the same issues. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's a coincidence, like, get over it. Uh, unfortunately for me, like, the other content creator came over and was just like, ha, no, because me and him are good friends. So, yeah. so then he was like, you know, ha, you know, there's no way, there's no way she's copying me. Like, and I was like, if anything, if anything, he's copying me because my video went up first. Like, it was, it was a matter <laughs> of hours. It was a total coincidence. So, but now I have this running joke with him where um, I'll just make jokes that, like, you know, if it weren't for me making YouTube videos, he'd have no one to copy. And it, it's completely in, in good taste between me and him. Like, it, it's not yeah. something I'll, I'll, I'll say in the comments because I think they can get misconstrued and people won't realize that it's, it's just a joke. Um, Every time. But it, it's one of those situations where, you know, in, in that situation, like, I feel like that's quite a, it's quite a accusatory statement to make that, oh, you're not, you don't make your own content, you just rip off other people. Um, I think in that situation, I feel like you could just delete it and then no one will know that someone said that. But like, ultimately, if one person's thinking it, potentially other people are thinking it. 
And I think in that situation, it, I feel like I should, you know, basically set the record straight. The problem for me is that because I do a lot of card game stuff, there's a finite number of cards and, you know, everyone is playing the same game. Everyone is coming up against the similar decks, you know. And the way you get inspiration for deck guides, for example, is you, you, you look at what you play against, you look at how you lost, you look at kind of the cards themselves, of which there's, you know, there's a fixed number. And it, it's not, I like, I don't think it's, it's like, I think it's naive to think that people won't independently come up with similar ideas based on the decks that they've seen. And also the decks that people play are often based on the decks that they see online. So even if I've maybe not seen a deck online, maybe someone else has seen it. And then I come up against that person. I'm like, oh, that's a cool deck. I'll make a deck, like, I'll make a deck, you know, similar to that. That was a really cool idea. Uh, and then someone would be like, oh, well, you copied this person, even though, you know, I've never even seen that person's content, if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's, that's probably the biggest, uh, like, negative thing I would say that I will reply to. Is, and that's just because I feel like, you know, I put a lot of work into my videos and I put a lot of work into my decks. I spend a lot of time refining them. So having someone come along and basically say, you know, like invalidate everything that I do, I think is is like something that I'll I'll defend myself on. Especially because sometimes like if there's a deck that's maybe very popular that another content creator has made, I might do, you know, a play video of that deck, but I'll always shout that person out and link them in the comments. Because I think, you know, if you do find someone else's deck, um, then you should credit their work. Because, you know, like, you know, if I'm if I'm using a deck or I've done a variant of a deck uh, that I found, then 100%, 100%, I think it's important to, you know, say this is the person who made that deck. And, and, Definitely. Or this is the person I found that deck from. They maybe, maybe someone else also made it, but, you know. So, so I, I find, like, it's quite rude for me. But when you get negative comments that are based on, you know, like, your looks or appearance or whatever, those, like, Ugh. I'll just remove them. Or, like, your skill. Because those, like, there's, there's absolutely no point. You know, no one's going to see that and think, or maybe she does copy videos, or maybe, or maybe she is, I don't know, ugly or unattractive. I'm like, you know what? If you think that doesn't matter, it doesn't bother me. You know, attractiveness is entirely subjective. I'm completely happy in my looks. I'm completely happy in my relationship. So, you know, I don't really care what you think. Yeah, pretty good duck face picture. That's <laughs> <laughs> how, how you look cute on the internet. It's all about that duck face. Yes. Although I think it's dabbing these days, is it not? Oh, no, it's... Yeah. And, and that Snapchat filter where you look like a dog. I hate that Snapchat it, filter. I don't care for it. I really don't. I just It just looks so weird. I don't understand. But building on that... Uh, there's two ways to build on that. One is... People just like to go, J'accuse! They just love accusing of things. I don't understand. There's, there is always the love of conspiracy in some way. It's a weird cynicism where you want to believe that the person just has this negative plan. I don't understand. If there's even the slightest hint of just coincidence, it's weird. I don't understand. I've seen it in a lot of things. Like, even with something like newspaper comics, these guys do their comics like months ahead, and sometimes it happens where they have the exact same joke, because there's only so many jokes you could make about a certain topic, and they'll come up the same day, and it's just, they'll get accused. It's like, these guys do things months or weeks ahead. It's weird. Yeah. That coincidences are somehow this conspiracy. But going towards Gwent for a moment, that's my thoughts on it is because of the number of cards it has, if you got an idea for a strategy, it kind of, the deck kind of builds itself in a way because there's only so many cards that can interact with whichever group you're trying to do. Like if you're going to do a weather deck with the monsters, there's, well, you can, you're considering Foglets or you're considering, I can't remember the name of it right now, the Ice Hound, yeah. the one that makes the ice come out. and. There's only so many things you can do right now with weather, 
And you're going to probably do Dagon. If you don't do Dagon, then you maybe you're doing Ice because you're going to summon more using um, Aridin? Yeah. Aridin? And so there's only so many things you can kind of do. So they kind of build and branch off themselves in what can be done because there's only so many cards. <laughs> and so you're going to see similarities, I feel, just on people who have these ideas. 100%. And the thing that's, that's funny about that, I don't know like, how much you know of like the top kind of top of the ladder meta, is like Dagon, Foglerts, and Eridin, Frost are both decks like that are very common. Like these are these are cards that get played a lot. And because there's only 25 cards in a deck, you know, it's really, really kind of fine-tuned on what you're gonna have. And a lot of decks are gonna have the same core, and it's gonna come down to maybe one or two bronze cards, the silver cards, and probably the gold cards where people um where people typically vary. And you know, I, I think I think like it's just the the way it is, but I think a lot of people um, I don't know. I think a lot of people are kind of you. You do get you know fans that are very kind of loyal, and and so if they've seen a deck by someone else, and you happen to be doing a similar one, they'll maybe you know attack you. And I think this is a problem with YouTube in general is that you get these kind of rabid, rabid fan bases that that can't um, that can't deal with other people very well. And like you see this a lot when 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 sometimes there's maybe drama to use a word between content creators, and a content creator will be like you know. Even though we have this disagreement, please don't go on their videos and start making negative comments. But it'll still happen, and it obviously depends on the kind of fan base you've you've uh, evolved. I think that's definitely true. But the other problem, I guess, is drama is like it sells. If that makes sense, like YouTube has it a big does. a big kind of drama audience, and like I, I'll admit that the, you know I've watched videos about other YouTubers or about what's going on with other YouTubers and followed those. Um, in, in on these some of these kind of drama channels, some of them I feel like are are maybe more commentary than than say spreading drama. But like, there's still channels like you know I know Philip DeFranco for example, like he's a good content creator, but a lot of his videos maybe look at you know whatever's going on on YouTube. There's this whole uh, what's his name Ryan Jake Paul. I don't know if you've heard about the whole Jake Paul yeah. thing. It's mm -hmm. all over YouTube at the moment um, about this this content creator who. I believe, like, was doing all these kind of crazy YouTube antics and has upset his neighbors, um, basically because he's given out his address publicly and his fans. We're talking about negative fans come to the come to the street and and they're all over, you know, maybe commentary videos on that situation, you know, being quite negative, for example. And also, he he released a music video and that's become this kind of meme video in some ways. There's there's some classic lyrics in it, and I can understand why people are are kind of talking about it and criticizing it. It includes lyrics like um, "link link for my merch." So he he shouts out his own merchandise in the video, which is clearly like "buy my merchandise." And then he's like, "And it's selling like a god church." Like, what does that even mean? Like, hmm. And and then there's another lyric that's like "London is my city," and it's like, "No, not London is my city. England is my city." And everyone's just like, "Really, really, England is yeah. your city." So, so it's it's become like almost a meme in and of itself. But like I was saying about drama channels, they're, they're just kind of like they're flocking to this guy, and like they're they're commenting on on uh, everything that uh, everything that he's kind of said, and everything like that. This video, obviously, they got these reaction videos, and then it came out that this guy was uh, this guy was uh, you know this news article about him causing havoc in the street, and then. He was working with Disney and I think they dropped him. And then he had this situation where another popular musician on YouTube like ordered some of his merch. And I think he was ordering the merch as a joke, but I don't know the exact details. But the guy found out that this person had ordered their merch, got 
his address from the merch company and like showed up at his house and like filmed him like approaching his house and basically like showed everyone more or less where he lives which is like you know ethically questionable and i i feel like you know jake paul the guy in the video probably didn't mean badly when he did this he was probably like oh cool this guy you know this popular musician is buying my merch that's so cool maybe didn't realize that maybe the guy was buying it ironically or not and then made this video and i I don't think for example jake paul necessarily is a bad person who has negative intentions i just think he's a young guy who has gotten caught up in this like fan buzz and is doing things not realizing kind of what's going on and i guess my point is that like negativity and drama between you and maybe a stranger is like you can often draw a line on it under it and that's kind of where it is but negativity between maybe you and another content creator has the potential to blow up especially if it becomes public and that's why i feel like you know if you have issues with people you're better to not do it in public forums yeah like it drama sells drama has always sold it's that's a thing that does that that's why there's so many gossips out there after all the Jake Paul thing is weird in that it feels like there's so many legalities there that need to be dealt with and that a site gave him the address of someone else, which should be private information. Yeah, there's definitely an issue. I mean, it's his merch, so I don't know if it's his site, but it's still, like, you okay. shouldn't... It's, if I'm putting my address on a site buying merch, I don't expect whoever owns that merch to show up at my house, you know? That's, I think, a big one. Um, yeah, I think the problem with YouTube and like gaming and all that is these legal issues that we have are like it's very new. You know, there's always this whole thing with let's plays, for example, about fair use and like game music. Is it fair use, for example? And because there's never been any kind of precedent in court, because no one's actually going to go to court over these issues realistically. Like you'll just kind of settle one way or the other. Um, but because of that, it's this this gray area. And I think also it's the same in esports, like there's issues with contracts, player contracts and the way they're being treated because it's it's such an upcoming industry. And I think people, while they are able to be exploited, will be exploited. And the gamers, a lot of gamers are young people, especially like there's programmers who are, you know, teenagers. Um, and speaking, you know, about like Jake Paul, for example, you know, he's he's just 20. And I say like just 20. Um, and, and I know some 20, 20 years might think, you know, I'm really old, but like, you know, 20 is still young in the grand scheme of things. I mean, I'm I'm 26 and I still feel like I'm young and I still think I have a lot of learning to do. But I think younger people, because you maybe don't have as much life experience in terms of uh, situations where you would need legal protection, like, you know, a lot of young people haven't bought a house or, you know, been in situations where, where you really want to cover your butt. They make mistakes like esports, for example, or on YouTube or, you know, filming someone's house. Like, they don't know any better. And I, I don't think, like, not knowing is an excuse. And also that people are taking advantage, but I think it's it's something that I hopefully we'll see in the next kind of ten years that it'll start to be more regulated. It's usually what happens: Wild West followed by regulation. Well, like Wild West, a lot of stuff happening, then regulation, and we'll see how that goes in time. It, that's really all it is: is just we'll see how it goes in time, and just all the hecticness of YouTube and who knows what else coming up, and then Twitch. Because oh, Twitch when it was the Wild West was such a different thing. Especially when it came to things just like um, a lot of things that had to do with like nudity and how far you could take that. Because there was that time when Twitch was basically kind of like the, like the cam sites in a way where their people were just showing off a lot of skin or just doing a lot of things that were... This is a site where kids go where it's not doesn't feel very comfortable to have kids here. And 
there was enough outrage on it that Twitch responded and made all the rules they made. I think I think it's like something that'll get better. It's the same with like YouTube. Um like they're being forced to get better by like for example the PewDiePie incident way back where you know they they started uh flagging videos as inappropriate content and stuff. Uh, or like advertisers basically started pulling out of YouTube because their videos were being shown next to like racist content or something and then uh, PewDiePie was called a Nazi and he kind of got involved in it because of the whole Wall Street Journal thing. But ultimately it forced YouTube to look at how they serve ads and how they put ads next to content and ultimately improve their system. I don't think the system is perfect, but I think it's forced them to look at their system and think, you know, how can we make this better for the content creators and for the advertisers? Because it's not in YouTube's interest to lose advertisers. But there was that whole period of time where, you know, ad revenue dropped and, you know, a lot of content creators are like, YouTube, what the what the hell? Yeah, that reminds me of uh, just the the conflict of just the world, everything trying to wrap itself around the internet and things going back and forth. The EU, uh, where they're suing Google because like Google is self serving itself with uh, well, the whole idea is Google. Everyone uses Google for searching, and Google will will show its own like, own market before it shows competitors' markets on its own website. Yeah. And so the EU's suing them, going like, hey, you have to pay us, like, 6% or something a day until you fix this problem that we see that you have. Like, they're like, you're monopolizing on yourself, and that's not okay. But it's weird, because Google, it's just them advertising advertising on their own website. Yeah, it's. I think it's a weird one, because I can understand... So the EU has a lot of these, like, rules that are, like, anti-competitive clauses. So, like, they don't want situations where one company is a monopoly. And it's, it's like how Windows, I think, has to, you know, they, they can't just give you Edge and be like, this is your browser anymore. They have to, like, give you choice. Because it's, it's as they clearly have a monopoly on operating systems, it's not competitive of them to only showcase their own operating system. Because it means that, like, the other operating systems have a harder time because they don't have... I guess, an operating system, if that makes sense. Not operating systems, so other web browsers, sorry. The, yeah. Other web browsers have a hard time because they don't also have an operating system attached. And I can understand that. I think, I think it's good to have rules that stop one company becoming, from becoming entirely monopolistic because then you end up with situations like Comcast in the US where there's no competition, so people get screwed over, the consumer. On the same time side, I think like you know if you're going to Google for searches them presenting Google Maps before they provide, you know, I don't even know who provides maps otherwise, but before they provide, show other map content creators. It, it kind of seems like, you know, it's their platform. It, it should, it, is it wrong for them to do these things? I guess the issue is that they need to also present other, uh, other options side by side. And maybe if they present the other options first, that's a bit fairer. Even though ultimately, if I'm looking at maps, I'll end up going to Google Maps. Yeah, that's the that's the weird thing of we want you to kind of be less for yourself, which I don't know. Telling a company not to be for itself in a weird way like that, it's like I don't know. Like it's Google. Ha Google earned its spot in a way. Well, well, it earned its spot. There was Google, like there was Google, Lycos, Yahoo, all those all the search engines, and Google won that. And so Google builds on itself for its market and everything, and that just seems like smart business. So I don't know what to think, because it still shows the other competitors, it just it shows themselves first. And the EU wants them to show their competitors first, or side by side. 
not really sure, but they're they're finding them for it, and Google has all the money in the world to just keep combating it. Yeah. And so I don't know how that is going to go at all. It's just the world just trying to come to grips with things. And there's, of course, copyright law, which still hasn't caught up at all, honestly, in any facet. Like, from my science days, uh, the law is still 30 or 40 years behind when it comes to science. Yeah. When it comes to copyright and so many things. It's just a very slow process. And the internet, things are just going so much faster exponentially, so I don't know. When it comes to the real world and the internet, man, so many different places, there's this weird disconnect, and because of that we have all these weird situations, these sloppy, very odd situations that that seem like they shouldn't happen, but they happen anyway. Yeah. It is, I think it's just a case of, like, uh, technology is just moving so fast, and, you know, laws just aren't keeping up with that. And ultimately, if that's the case, people are going to get exploited because that's kind of the way human nature works in some some regards. I don't know. It's a, it's a difficult one to kind of think about because, like, what do you do? I guess how do you fix it? That's the big problem. That's the big problem because it's not like it's one entity can do it. It's because there's so much bureaucracy and like if things need to be voted on. Is is a board just good enough? Then there's legal issues, and then businesses for their own, they'll put in a lot of money for laws and everything, and legis for lobbying. Yeah, and there's just there's so much of a mess going back and forth. It's I really don't know. It's this a weird tug of war in in the mud, but the mud is going everywhere. I don't know. It's yeah, weird. I agree. I think the other problem is like the internet is a global thing, but legislature is. Political not and, and not global. It's the whole net neutra neutrality thing we had recently with the net neutrality day where I think there were some issues in the US. So net neutrality is the idea that like an internet co provider can like uh, charge you or limit your access to certain websites because they are high data usage. So like Twitch or Netflix or YouTube, often because it's video streaming, you know, it's a lot more data than if you loaded just a simple text web, web page. And so they want to like either charge the uh, the websites in order to allow you access as the consumer to, you know, allow you access to them. Like they're like, well, they're, you're using loads of data, so you should pay us. Or alternatively, charge the customer, being like, if you want to access these sites, like they're more expensive than if you weren't. And that's obviously that's the whole net neutrality thing. And I 100% I agree. I think like you know, if a website gets popular. The ISP shouldn't be allowed to then be like, oh, well, you know, this website's popular and using lots of data, so we're going to charge extra. I don't think that that's fair. But it, it's one of these issues where it's a global issue. Uh, or But, you know, it, it could have different, there could be different circumstances in different countries. And, and there was a big kind of issue with, with the US where they have different bills where they want to allow the ISPs these kind of things. I'm not entirely sure why they want to allow the ISPs these kind of things. Probably Money. ISPs lobbying. Yeah, exactly. Probably ISPs lobbying the government to say, like, you know, oh, you know, we have these web these websites are like costing us. We're not making as much because they have so much data or whatever. Um, and it does it does just boil down to money. But it's it's another issue where it's a global issue being uh, played out on a, I guess, it, a country based level. Yeah, a the, national level. That's the word. This is a weird problem that. I, you bring up that I just realized, yeah, you're right, is it's a global thing, then it's such a global thing. It's making the world smaller in a way. 
and it's globalizing us, but we still have countries who don't want globalization. They don't want it to be just one big thing. Despite, you know, the EU is one big thing. You think they'd want it to be the whole planets together or something, but you have these fractures where the US, these net neutrality things would be a weird thing and just be the US. Uh, but who knows how it would branch out to other places like the EU. And then you have China who has its own internet, basically. They have their own stream. They, they, they have their own Twitch They have called Panda TV. I think it's called. They have their own Facebook. They have their own everything. Yeah. And it's them trying to just keep their own, carve out their own piece of the, the planet still, even in the internet age. But the internet is such a massive thing. And it really is quite a utilities. There's so many people on the planet that can use it. It's not something that everyone has access to still, but a lot of the planet does, and we all use it, and it's it's so part of our normal lives now. So it is weird having all these different regulations on something that connects the world. And I don't really know what's going to happen there, because it's a lot of old people. There's no better way to put it. It's a lot of old people who cannot wrap their heads around what this is. And I don't know how many years it's going to be before we can be even more connected uh, through legislature. Yeah, I think it's an interesting one. I, I agree that I think like technology has moved quick, and I do think some people of the older generation have trouble keeping up with it. I think there's probably younger people who have the same issue, but and there's also older people who, who don't have issues. But then there's the concern of like when we become the older people, like, are we not going to be able to keep up with whatever's going on? Or are we of the technology age where we're used to things changing very rapidly, so we adapt better to change than, say, an older generation where, you know, maybe 60 years ago, whatever, things weren't, things were a bit more slow-paced, and so that's what they're used to? I don't, I don't know. I think, it's a, I think it's an interesting one. I guess the truth of the matter is it's both. Like, you were already saying, like, some young people still don't really understand a lot of certain things, and older people that do are, that are more savvy. So we'll end up with people like in our generation, when we're older, that will be savvy and the ones that won't. Yeah, I think that's true. I think, like, if you look at the opposite end of the spectrum with young people, I think the bigger issue with younger people on the internet is that they don't know how to behave, like, appropriately, if that makes sense. Like, you look at some of these YouTube comments and... They're, they're, they're clearly written by younger fans who are maybe on their phone or their iPod. And I think when I was younger, I was much more opinionated and, and kind of single-minded. And I would be much more likely if someone you know, said something bad about something that I liked, to be like, no, you're wrong. And, but because you're young, you know, like you're, you're more likely to lash out um, and, and, and kind of be negative. And that's maybe part of going back to how we were saying about, about these kind of drama channels and, and fan bases that kind of attack people. You know, this is maybe why these things are occurring is because there are a lot of younger people on the internet who maybe don't know how to behave appropriately. And, you know, I'm really glad that when I was a teenager, you know, there wasn't really Facebook and there wasn't really Twitter and there was nothing to kind of document all the stupid teenage stuff that I would do or say. And now there is. And now, you know, you, you do get young people on YouTube, like, you know, you know, child, like baby YouTube, for example, it's weird as anything, but it's a huge market, you know, the whole like, Elsa and Spider-Man videos like that's become a huge market oh, yeah. for example and like so now kids are like basically being introduced to these kind of situations from when they're very very small then as they go up into their like pre-teens and teens and then have access to things like Twitter and Facebook and and YouTube like how are they how are they necessarily going to behave and I think we have the issue that it's important to teach younger people appropriate internet behavior 
but the issue is that their parents are currently not of the internet age, if that makes sense. So, like, you know, my mom, for example, she's, like, she's, like, she's good with her phone. She uses her phone for basically everything. Um, but I wouldn't say that she's very internet literate. And so, like, if I was a kid, I don't think she would be able to teach me appropriate, the appropriate way to behave or use the internet, simply because she never really used the internet or was exposed to it. If that makes sense. Whereas for me, like if I had a kid, like I've, I think I've like grown up with the internet so I can maybe teach my kid more appropriately. And that's not to say that my mom was a bad mom. My mom was a great mom. She's, she's like a fantastic mother. But she never really experienced the internet. And if you never really experienced something, like how do you know, or how do you even know that it's a problem? And then you have these whole scaremongering, you know, parent articles about the dangers of the internet and stuff. And it, I think like it's it's a difficult one because... Gener generationally we're in a transitional period and hopefully things will get better just as time goes on and like the generations kind of shift forward yeah that okay okay this leads to just a curious question that is okay okay if you had a kid what the hell would you tell them when dealing with the internet and what age would you like there's kids who are whatever age they're already on the internet but it's how much access they have to like chats and everything, but what would you tell them to be worried about or watch out for? There's so many things on the internet. Who knows what you got to look out for? I mean, I think when your child is very young, things like whitelisting sites is important. So, you know, making it so these are the sites that they have access to. And, and they're a very small kid, you know, you control that. So if you're going to give them screen time with stuff like YouTube or whatever, you, you can be very kind of selective of, of how it works and when it works. And I know YouTube has this like baby feature or kid feature where you can kind of turn that on and that limits yeah. the kind of YouTube videos they can watch. I don't know what it does about the comments, but it, it kind of limits those things. And then I think, I think it's more about teaching your kid to be a good person. I'm not saying my mom didn't teach me to be a good person, but like, I think it, it's about like, you know, my, I don't think my mom ever envisioned that I would be able to tell someone who didn't like something that I liked a million miles away they were stupid and dumb and should burn in the pits of hell for example like i'm not saying that's something i ever said to someone but like in a hypothetical situation it's not something that she would have envisioned so i think you just have to teach kids like internet smarts and you know stuff like don't go posting your full name or your address to millions of people don't be try and like be respectful of one another and i think this is something you should teach like people teach kids anyway but i think you know when you're a kid it's easy to kind of forget about that um, and when, you know, you're just going to high school or whatever, it's not such a big deal. But when you can reach an audience of potentially like a global audience, it's important to, to be aware that like at that point, what you say has much bigger repercussions. I think that's probably the thing you need to teach your kids is that like things on that you say on the internet have the potential to, you know, reach a lot of people. And while that's a really cool thing. It also means that the things that you say and do will have bigger repercussions online than in your, like, actual life, you know, going around IRL, as people would say. So I guess that's what you need to teach people is, I had to talk this one through because I never really thought about it, is <laughs> that what you say and do on the internet has bigger repercussions and is wider reaching than what you say and do amongst friends. So it, you should be more critical and aware of, of how you act. That's what I think you should teach. And I don't think that's something that my mom taught me because she didn't know. Not because she doesn't think that I should be a good person. <laughs> I, get, I get what you're saying, though. Like, it's not like she knew she had to talk about that. Like, 
uh, considering it's age 26. So yeah, the internet was still, when you were a kid, it's still coming up. It's not completely there yet. When I was coming up, it was like, uh, there were chat rooms and forums, but nothing is to the scale we have now. But, I don't know, yeah, chat rooms, there's like ASL and, uh, the things that come with that back in the day. And, oh, you just have the access to everything at your fingertips. You have the access to everything. And my understanding for the kid stuff is pretty restrictive. I know a little bit about kid YouTube in that I think there isn't commenting. I'm pretty sure. It's that they can just watch whatever videos they want to see uh, that is in the kid spectrum. Yeah. Like, I only know that because of that one kid that's super popular. There's that kid that reviews all toys. Uh-huh. And my understanding is because there's a kid YouTube and everything, and and that's why he's so popular. It's a kid, and it's another kid. It's kids watching a kid play with toys yeah. that they like to play with. And my understanding is, I think there is in the comment section that the kids can visit, but if they're on actual YouTube that they could make comments and stuff yeah. like that, is my understanding. So there are, like, kitty gloves for things on the internet. I just... I don't know, because the internet's still like a new thing, and there's there's always so many people with so many opinions on how kids should be treated on things like the internet and TV and all that stuff. It, it, it's a big mess. It's, it, it comes down to it's always a big mess, and as a parent, the best you can do is the best you can do. Whatever you think will work out for how you want to raise your kid and how best you can safeguard them, but also have let them have... What's the word? Autonomy? Is that yeah. the right word? Yeah, Where I know what you mean. They can do their own thing. You you don't want to be completely have a leash on your kid, but you want to have some trust that your kid's not going to end up in a bad situation. And so you guide them as best you can. But God, the internet is vast. It's an ocean. Kind of terrifying when you think about it. <laughs> yeah. Because we're both yeah. talking from the experience of never, like, we don't have kids, you know. We, 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 we do not have children, so I feel like that probably once you have children, like your your opinions are become more more well formed, and it's obviously not something that I thought about because I like I don't have kids, I don't plan on having kids in the near future, so it's not something I've I've sat down and given a lot of thought to. Oh man, it's yeah. kind of scary when you think about it. <laughs> the friend, yeah, when you when you actually sit down and think about it, like we are right now, it's like, oh god, there's so many things I'd be worried about. There's just so many things to worry about. Oh my god, I don't even want to want to think about the things to worry about know, it's, and it's not it's a can of worms it's not necessarily fear-mongering it's just the things we've navigated through ourselves and the things we've seen and what friends have told us what the experiences we've seen other people go through you this is the thing about negative comments you remember all negative things because the idea is if you remember the negative things you're able to define ways to defend against them you learn that something's hot and it's bad because it burns you and this is that to a different degree where well, you hear about a friend who got stalked for whatever reason, or they put out their full name, or they got doxxed. So you're worried about all those things. It's crazy. And also you think, you know, if I had been exposed to these kind of negative comments in my formative years, you know, how would that have affected me? Because, mm. like, I was, I was very insecure as a teenager. Like, I was a, I was a tubby kid. I, <laughs> you know, was kind of a late bloomer. And I felt, you know, like, I, I felt like my teenage years were tough enough as they were. Without, you know, kind of situation where you could be judged globally as opposed to, like, personally. So, I feel like it it's probably is quite, it can be quite, you know, 
effective upon people. And But the question is, is that going to be a negative effect or a positive effect? And that's something that I think as a parent, you got to try and curate a little bit. And that's going to be the hard thing to do. Pretty sure I haven't bloomed yet still. But uh, no, oh, as I said, um, I'm on Twitter way too much. And so I see all the gener- the younger generations because I just follow a lot of artists and some kids draw. And you see how very self-conscious a lot of people are on Twitter. They're incredibly self-conscious. And even with them, you'll see people talk about their looks or their art or their whatever they're doing, and they'll get tons of compliments. But if anyone just says anything negative, they gravitate to that thing, and it's just... I don't know, it seems like the self-esteem is a huge thing. It was, it's always been a huge thing, but you see it more... More where, on, with the internet age, people looking for the gratification a lot more, it feels, more common, more often, because you have a better chance of it than we did back in the day when we didn't have the internet. Or a limited access to the internet. Where the best we could get was maybe our peers' approval, or, or just our teachers' or parents' or whatever's approval, whatever approval we're looking for. But now you're looking for the world's approval. And that's... Uh, that's kind of ridiculous. No, it is. I think, I think it is. It is ridiculous. And like you get these people who, who obviously are successful and blow up onto, you know, big global platforms, but they're still young people and they like, they're still going to like make dumb mistakes and they're still kind of, they're still learning themselves. So then like, there's also the, the, like, I guess the, the worries of what kind of effect that will have on them. And I think this is almost in some ways like the Disney star effect, you know, you see a lot of from the 90s people who were Disney stars and kind of were in that situation on TV and on movies and stuff like where they got blown out to superstardom and then uh, during their formative years and then afterwards kind of crashed and they had to like kind of have that crash and then now they've grown up a bit more and they've kind of mellowed out and like you know calmed down in their ways for example and I think like we're basically this probably gonna see that problem kind of reiterate itself but you know is it gonna reiterate itself on a smaller scale? Where it's not superstars that are having these kind of issues. It's just like, you know, everyday Joe. Not something I, something I, I really thought about, to be honest, until we had this discussion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is an interesting podcast. I think it's also something that we're not going to really... Like, you and me aren't going to come up with the perfect answer to it today. Like, I think it's it's just something that is worth thinking about. Yeah. I don't I don't know if there there's, uh, there is a perfect one. It's just always the best you can do. I feel that's always usually the answer is the best you can come up with. With what you got, and sometimes what the best you can come up with probably isn't the, isn't the best, and sometimes you do have to talk to other people. And maybe they have a better idea on whatever the topic is. Uh, it's it's this weird kind of like culture counterculture, and also how you're brought up and countering how you're brought up, like the rebel years in some ways. Yeah, like the rebel period, I suppose. And it's it'll be interesting to see. I think we do see it already, the back and forth, where we do see people pushing more for kindness because they've seen so much negativity. And also, but also a jadedness, where there's so much positivity that there's a jadedness against that because, like, the whole um, trophy culture and all that. So we see a lot of counter to anti that. Yeah. And uh, it, it's an ocean. So there's a lot of different factions, not necessarily factions, but mindsets on how things work. Like, you can even go with the millennials versus the older generation, where the older generation thinks the millennials are killing it literally everything. They're killing the diamonds. They're killing our, They're killing Applebee's and everything. And, and millennials I saw like, that. 
I don't have any money for any of these things you say I'm killing. Like, I'm working, like, all the time for this. Like, what do you want? Yeah, I can see it. It's definitely a back and forth of them. There's there's one side where people think, you know, you know, they're they're killing these things, but on the flip side it's like, well, I don't have any money and ultimately whose whose fault is the current economic climate? Because, you know, I wasn't really influential when, when things went down. Um but I think I think the way you deal with these kind of situations, the internet, this kind of millennials versus baby boomers and all thing, is you just you need to not have an like us versus them mentality. I think that's a big issue when it comes to online culture. Is there's an us versus them, um, and you know, in if we look at these kind of YouTube audiences, it's like like the similar way with negative comments. It's a you know th- they criticized us, so now we are gonna criticize, harass them, and that's something that we need to maybe try and work on, like as a as a as a species. <laughs> that's a terrible yeah, yeah. conclusion, but it is. <laughs> I think it's it's as long as that prevails. You know that you're going to have these situations, but I don't really know how you get rid of that. Although you were saying globalization is, you know, starting to happen, and and that's something that you know you would imagine will help deal with the kind of us versus them. This is this is the the uh, this touches on two things. Just to mention briefly, um, uh, the first one is tribalism, where we this is something based more on our instincts on like caveman times and all that, where. Us versus them helped because it gave you a team to work with yeah. and a team to work against. And so it was great back in the day when we was just trying to survive. Now when we don't need to survive as, as hard, not so much. Like back when I was in college, I did like psychology classes and they do papers on us versus them. And it'd be very arbitrary. It'd be a teacher goes to a school and he goes like, okay, you random people are group A, you random people are group B. And these other people are just observers. And A and B would just give each other crap. Didn't matter what the task was, they just gave each other crap. They'd call each other like bumpkins and this and that. And then the third group, the observers who didn't have to participate at all, they're like, they're both being really dumb. Like, what What the hell? And that's it's really what it is. Whatever divides. Sports teams right now, well, politics always, but politics have been treated like a sports game these days. But people will find whatever reason to separate themselves uh, which is unfortunate. They, uh, there's a lot of creating the other on purpose, not on purpose, but maybe by instinct on accident. There's a lot of that, and I feel like being in the age we are, and seeing it so often that people are trying to break down those walls. But on the other part of it is that I wonder about. On the other part, I don't know if it's the same coin or not. Is having to other things just to be able to get through the day because there's just so much negativity or things where you have to kind of create a scapegoat for yourself to cope with what's going on. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, I see that. That's kind of, I see what you mean. That's a clever way of looking at it. Cause I I was saying earlier, you know, like when people are mean, I often think, you know, they're different from me and that's why they're mean. Because I think, you know, the opposite is that they're the same as me and some people are just horrible. And I think that's like not a conclusion people want to draw. It's a difficult one. I think I think you do make a valid point that like us versus them has you know roots. We're, we're getting very like existential here, but it has roots in like <laughs> the ev- evolution of of humankind and stuff. And I think the thing with it is that like maybe it's something that we're always always going to need. But I think there's ways like healthy outputs for it, like you know in sports teams where like you cheer for, cheer for your team and they cheer for their team. And I never think like oh how dare they cheer for their team. It's like they like that team. That's fine. And there's a little bit of rivalry, but you can have friendly rivalry. And that's like maybe the the healthy way to have an outlet for these kind of feelings. You know, like in esports, I have a team that I support, 
and like I'll I'll cheer for them when they play. But like if another team wins, I'm not I'm not to the point where I'm like you know hurling abuse at that team. How dare they beat my team? You know, it's for me it's a a fun out like a a fun thing to follow, and it's like a I still have my us, but I don't really have anything against the them. If that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, so I think like in in some situations it's necessary. And like in your situation where you're saying like, you know, if you look at negative people, you have to make them the them because otherwise how would there be the us? But then, you know, there's always the danger that like once you them someone, you're dehumanizing them and thus like maybe you'll not treat them as well as you would if you consider them an us. And so like, I think it's, it's uh, again, it's one of these situations where it's like, you need a balance. You need a little bit of us and a little bit of them. <laughs> <laughs> Because I I realize I've thought about this for literal years of, and I've argued against it, the dehumanization of others by dehumanizing them to just one word, just a descriptor. And like, they're just, they're just uh, neckbeards or they're just weaves or they're just this or that, which you see happen all the time where any with anyone that, or they're just haters. Yeah. They're just this, they're just that. Like you, you say they're just this one thing. Cause I remember a friend of mine, pretty big in streaming. Whenever someone's just being mean to them, they're like, I just, I just realize they're neckbeards and that they're pathetic. I'm like, huh. Like, when you're dealing with literally 100 or 200 viewers, like, maybe that's fine. But at the same time, it is kind of messed up because it is dehumanizing. And that's what I wonder about is, well, you gotta cope because if there's that many people there and some of them are just outright just not the nicest people, mm -hmm. what can you do? You can't spend too much time thinking about a negative force that's true but then on the flip side if everyone is dehumanizing these people do you think maybe that contributes to why they are the way they are like is it like an echo chamber of, of or like a a never-ending like circle of i'm negative but then people don't receive me well so i become more negative so people don't receive me well so i become more negative so people <laughs> don't receive me well and then you know it kind of is a slippery slope i, I potentially yeah. i think this is definitely something that could you know does maybe affect these people and maybe that's why they're so negative it's like you know, maybe they, they weren't super negative to begin with, just a little bit, but because whenever they try to interact, they get shunned, maybe because they don't know how to interact, like, that it, it becomes that, a it becomes a vicious circle. That's exactly what I worry about as well. Like, I think about them, like, well, what if that's, the, by treating someone that way, it creates that, where uh, you, cre you created, not necessarily you create an enemy, but enough circumstances create this uh, bad situation. And I don't know. Like, I'd rather we were all just cool with each other. That'd be nice. But, but I think that's why I've gotten to the point where I don't want to lash out, lash back out at people who lash out at me. Like, where I think that might be just the best way to go about it is just not lashing out and not dehumanizing and not othering. That's true. I think it's difficult because then, you know, if you reply and you try and be reasonable, sometimes they'll just continue to be negative and it's like, you know, where do you draw the line? And for me, like, usually if people are, it, it I, like, we were coming back, we've basically gone full circle and back to kind of the whole negative <laughs> comments and stuff. For me, it's like, yeah. I, I'll always try and like, I'll, I'll, I'll usually end my comment with, you know, something like, have a nice day or I hope your day improves because like, I mean, they could just be having a crappy day. Like this could happen. Like I once, I made a video on a controversial topics once and someone commented being like, oh, we have the same name. Like I effing hate you and stuff. And I was like, holy crap. But then <laughs> I re-encountered them like on the internet it was weird because i would like recognize the name and i was like you know and she was it was a girl and she was complaining that you know people were being really mean to her on like online and she was just kind of had enough of it and i was like you know well 
I mean, I, I don't really have sympathy for you when you're the person who, you know, lashed out and, and was really abusive, like negative to me. It's like, you know, if you're a negative person, you should kind of expect negativity. And she kind of turned around and was like, apologized. And she said, you know, oh, I can't, I can't believe I said that. I must, like, I was probably having a really bad day. And like, I realized, like, like, like looking back on it, like, she obviously didn't mean the comment that she'd made. But she made the comment at the time because she was like maybe disagreed with what I'd said. It was kind of frustrated. So I think like that's the other thing you have to think about is like, you know, people may they might just be having a terrible day. You know, like their dog might have died. They might have lost their job. You know, they might not be in the right frame of mind really to be interacting with people. So that's why I always try and end with, you know, I hope your day improves or, you know, have a nice day. Like so that I'm not, you know, I guess stooping to their level. Like I'm not like even if I disagree with you, I'm doing so in a polite way. And I think that's. For me, that's the best way that I found to deal with these things. I don't know if it's necessarily the right way. You know, you're saying you know, do the do the best that you can, and I think that's what I do. Whether it's the best or not remains to be seen. Yeah, I, for me personally, I think I do both. I, I mean, I'm both good and bad. What is my own comments? I'll try to root it out and try to be kindish. Yeah. But if it's someone else's comments and they're talking smack about me and my friends, I am so snarky. Like, so I don't know. Because snark is fun. Snark's fun to do. It's a catharsis. But that's part of the problem is... Catharsis is part of the problem, I think, is that maybe someone's having a bad day, so the catharsis is to be a complete jerk. Yeah. And so I've been trying to be less snarky. But do you think it might also be because on your own channel, you have a certain persona that you're trying to put forward and create, so then in the comments you're less likely to be negative, where on someone else's channel... Most people don't know the whole anonymity thing. Most people don't know who you are. So if you're like, oh, he's been a bit of a git, then it doesn't matter because like you're not going to lose viewership from it. That, that's the question. Like, do you think well, do you think uh, you would probably be less negative in your own comments because it's your platform, like, and the way you interact with the world? Because I would say like you know, the persona that I present online is probably like the best version of me. And like, there's I'm probably sometimes a shitty person in my personal life or in real life. But people don't see that side of me. And like, this is the, the YouTuber issue is a lot of YouTubers, they present a certain face. And then, you know, um, they're, they're, they're their own person in, in real life. And then sometimes people will like, you know, show up at their house or whatever. And they'll, they'll be like, you know, what the hell are you doing here? I mean, it's weird. But like th those people had built up this idea of them in their head where they thought it would be okay if they showed up at their house. Like, like Jake Paul, they built up this idea of like showing <laughs> up at some guy's house and it would be totally fine. And then it wasn't like, what do you think? Um, uh, shoot. Uh, yeah, there is. I let's let's talk about Sky for a second. Um, what I try to build is a accepting place where anyone can be comfortable, and I try to be a PG thirteen. Being an adult, I am in no way PG thirteen in real life because, well, life. There's things, and sometimes a man's got a curse. I don't just say G Willikers. <laughs> so definitely, uh. The online persona with my own channel is tamer yeah. and more PG thirteen. When it's other people, when it's other places, I I still think I'm still I still represent me. But the places where I'm snarky, they know dang well who I am, and they just they because it's it's on friends' things, and it's usually when I'm commenting on. Really, what it is is when I'm commenting on friends' videos where I do a collab, yeah. and people are just being really mean about me. I'm like, oh hell no, oh. Hell no. Well, I will. I'll be snippy and kind of snarky because I'm just having fun with it because it's not my channel. Yeah, I think also you know, 
at that point, it is like people can get to know you on your channel. But then if it's yeah. the first impressions on a collab, you know, people can be kind of mean because they're like, you're they're, you're not the kind of main attraction. So they're like, well, yeah. I can comment on that. That's not the main attraction. And then I can see where, where you're saying is like, it's the other side of the coin almost. It's like, this is their first impressions of you. And you're kind of right to defend yourself. And like, if you want to do it in a snarky way, I, 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 I sometimes 100% sass people. Like, I, I will w- bring out my whole can of whoop sass, not whoop ass, whoop sass, and just, like, go to town. But, uh, you know, I, I can see what you're saying. And and I think, I think you know, I'm not saying you're a completely different person in one comment to the other. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't think anyone is completely different. Like, you know, there's always going to be an essence of you. But I think, I think maybe I would say that sometimes I'll write a comment and then delete it because writing the comment is is it getting it out of my system and although i might feel that way at the time it's not maybe necessarily the way i want to present myself i've i've done that i've written some things out of uh just out of pure emotion and i've hit enter and like well that was the wrong thing to do so i'll just delete this now yeah <laughs> but yeah at least you well, get the motion of getting out of your system yeah because it's the whole it's supposed to be the concept of writing letters but not delivering them yeah kind of concept and yeah it can help as long as you don't actually deliver them further on that let's see i don't think there's any we could explore this all day and we we really could but i think we've because we did come full circle it's a good time to uh to end this whole thing this was a very very interesting conversation we just had yeah this wasn't the plan we were like you know we're gonna we're gonna talk about this so we just kind of started talking <laughs> and, and this is what we've 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 come i think it's been interesting i think we've kind of gone a bit like we've, we've maybe had a bit more like in-depth conversation about issues you know surrounding har- harassment and the the internet and, and internet culture and stuff than last time when we talked about Gwen I, I can talk about Gwen yeah. for an hour or two don't worry but I think it's <laughs> I think it's 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 been a good conversation to have yeah like the entire the idea I've had for this the podcast is uh we just start talking and we'll see where it goes yeah it will the podcast creates itself is the way I feel about it and it has but this is very comfortable because I'm talking to my friend Jag, of course, and so we're comfortable with each other talking about these topics. Uh, and it's just built on its own. This is nothing to do with anything we thought we'd talk about ahead of time. Uh, I have topics I've been very curious about, but we just, it's very organic, and that's perfect. That's exactly what you want to do, is you want to have just natural conversation, and that's what we've been having. And we'll see how, what happens when I get a guest that I'm not familiar with. That'd be very interesting. But having familiar guests such as Jag is pretty awesome. This has been a very interesting conversation. No, it's been great. I agree. I think like when you interact with someone, or this is this, this ties back into what we're saying. Like when you interact with someone who you're, you're comfortable with, you're gonna have a different sort of conversation to when it's someone brand new. But uh, I think it'll be interesting to see as your podcast develops how that turns out. I look forward to it. Yeah, I think right now it it might be there might be two different sides of the same coin. I feel like when it comes to fami- familiar guests, it'll be something like this very organic, and I'm very curious when I finally am able to get people I'm not familiar with uh how um if it'll be a bit more sterile where I have to have specific things to talk about or if it'll still be natural. Because I'm wondering if I have a guest that's covering something that I'm really interested in, maybe I'll just be asking questions of curiosity. And it won't be a conversation, but more of an interview. I'm wondering about that. And I guess we'll see. So, to end this out, because last time it was... And I kind of already asked you the ending question last time, 
I mean, at the start of this, which is, you know, advice to give someone. Uh, a different question I should ask would be, no, just give more advice. I got nothing right now. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, uh, well, be excellent to each other. That, <laughs> It'd that, be great. Just, 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 I think, I think when you interact with people, you should just think about, I, I guess, I guess try and realize that they're a person too. You know, they have all the thoughts and th feelings. Everyone that you walk past in your everyday life, you know, they have their own storyline. You know, it, it's, it's. As much as I feel like, you know, I feel it's the Jagras show in my head. You probably feel it's the Lost Scarf <laughs> show. Lost Scarf and Friends. That's like basically your life, you know? Yeah. I think I think everyone has that. But it's important to be aware that everyone has that. You know, everyone has their own troubles. Everyone has their own situations. And, and like, you're never going to be able to figure out exactly what they're thinking. So don't sweat the small stuff and be excellent to one another. So that's a nice lesson. Definitely a nice one. That's just life, life advice rather than content creator advice. Yeah. Like, I've tried to think of the whole, everyone thinks they're the main character. And so I've tried not to think of myself as the main character because we're just all, we're just people. At the end of the day, we're just people. Yeah. Everyone's a character. Yeah. Everyone's a character. Not the main, just a character. I'll is, speak for I yourself, the better way. Lost <laughs> I will. I will. There you go. <laughs> Alright, so this has been basically a podcast. We've had the fabulous Jaggeris with us. And again, if you have any feedback and comments and everything, definitely we talked about some subjects that are worthy of commentary. So, oh my god, I want to see some comments here. There's, there's some interesting thoughts we went over. And so, yeah, I want to see some conversation on this one for sure. So, this has been basically a podcast. I had fun talking. Hope you have fun watching and listening. And that's what it's all about, isn't it? Having fun. Thanks for coming by and see you next time. Bye.